1: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio.
2: Radio. You heard it. Friday night here in Vegas. Steve Cofield, R.J. Bell. And in the wise guy chair, college specialist, Brad Powers. I think he's got some NFL takes tonight. and We will get to the NFL. We'll see,
3: we'll see if the, the, the,
2: those takes are worthy or not. Uh, that sounds like a threat already.
0: Well, if they're worthy. I, just,
2: I want to set the bar. <laughs> set the bar. All right, we start out the show with the Vegas lead, uh, one of the big stories we want to talk about uh, that is uh, trending in Las Vegas. And listen, quarterbacks in the National Football League in the divisional round, it's a big deal right now. How big a deal is it? How much of a predictor is it if quarterbacks have lots of experience or almost no playoff experience?
3: Well, to me, this is the story of the weekend.
2: I'm not sure how much it matters,
3: but to whatever degree it does, this is the weekend it matters more than any I've ever seen. Let me say that again. The disparity between the quarterbacks in these four games is bigger than I've ever seen. Let's go through the list quickly. Matt Ryan, nine starts in the playoffs. Nick Foles, one. Tom Brady, 34 starts in the playoffs. Marietta, one. Big Ben, 20 starts in the playoffs. Blake Bortles, one. Drew Brees, 12 starts in the playoffs. Case Keenum, zero. You add it up. They're playing each other, right? It's exactly matched up. The experienced group, 75 playoff starts, 133 touchdown passes. In the playoffs alone, the other inexperienced group, three starts, five touchdown passes.
2: You look at the super experienced group, is there a guy that you're a little worried about? Is there, is there like any doubt around his experience, how good he's been, or maybe where he is in his career? Great
3: question. First, I think it says something that the three of the four experienced quarterbacks are the ones that are favored, and, and the exception being obviously Drew Brees with Case Keenum favored in that game. But we're going to focus mostly on the Saturday games, then tomorrow night. 10 o'clock Pacific to midnight. We'll have two hours, and we'll go deep, deep dive into the Sunday games and obviously much more. But I look at Tom Brady, and listen, I put this out on Twitter, and I got people saying, yeah, but he won the Super Bowl. Listen, I'm – that was the dumb guy voice, in case you're We've all
2: got one. Yeah. All right. I use mine all the time. My normal voice. I get it. I get it. It's the guy on the phone tweeting back or sending an email. Ooh. Exactly. <laughs> we all do that voice. They're grunting a little bit. You know, Letterman. What do you mean? Yeah, it is, That is yeah. the Letterman voice, Yeah, it right.
3: was like, the auto lotto machine is broken. All right. So the dumb guy will say, yeah, but Brady won the Super Bowl. It's like, yeah, we're not saying he's bad. What you do in Vegas is what is the expectation, what is expected, and then, and then it's how good is he really. So my point is I think the case can be made that Brady is overrated at the end of seasons. So let's walk through this. First 10 games this year, Brady has one interception. Last six games, six interceptions. Okay, last year, he only played 12 regular season games. So this idea of game 17, 18, 19 being where an older quarterback drops off the most, I'm not sure we would have seen it last year. But even with the four less games, if you look at it, the entire regular season, so 12 games, Brady had two interceptions. In the three playoff games, he had three interceptions. So it would seem somewhat of a drop-off, but I think a little bit less there because he had four less games. But even in 2015, and this is the last year we'll look at, the first 14 games of the season, he only had two games with a pass rating below 90. All right? So 14 games, only two, let's say, below average games. Final four games, three below average games. So three out of four, two out of 14. And it makes sense, Cofield, because if you think about it, we saw it with Peyton Manning. Older quarterbacks get beat up as the season progresses, and I think you start seeing them drop off come playoff time. Brady is now 40. The last time he's playing game 17 tomorrow, Saturday. The next time or the last time he played game 17, he was – two years younger, because not last year. The difference between 38 and 40 can make all the difference in the world. I'm not saying Brady's not good. I'm saying I think the average fan would say he's one of the three best quarterbacks, and I'm thinking maybe he's one of the seven best quarterbacks, which is still amazing for a 40-year-old, but I think he's going to be priced a little bit expensive.
2: So I'm surprised you didn't go with Matt Ryan. Colin Cowherd's been calling Matt Ryan even after the win last week. He's been doing it all season. Andy Dalton in a dome. That he, that he would be the group of experienced guys that maybe just isn't cracked up to what you know he's uh, reputation-wise the the rep he's got. I maybe mean, he's just not that good. I,
3: I think if anything, Atlanta's been underrated pretty much this whole year. There's been no team that their stats have been significantly better than their scoreboard more so than Atlanta, where the wise guys have loved the Falcons, and it's because their stats have been so good. And, yeah, I mean, I just, I think maybe off of last year, perhaps a little, but I think even four or five games in, with Sarkeesian not doing as well as OC, I, I just don't feel like the Falcons have been overrated.
2: So a lot of people around the country are shocked. This is the first time this has ever happened, a one against a six, and the one's a dog, Atlanta's... Minus three going into this game. First of all, we have to examine, why is that the case? How bad is Nick Foles as compared to Carson Wentz? Where would the line have been if Wentz was in here? So this is one, let me pose, because Dan Patrick's
3: crew asked me this this week, and the question was, what would the line be if Wentz was healthy? And my take was between minus six and minus seven. Now, a lot of people initially are saying, oh, that seems high. Well, the Rams against Atlanta opened six and a half. So let's agree that line went down a little. Let's also agree Atlanta won. So let's give them a one-point upgrade. So let's call it even, um, let's say it'd be four and a half if the game were replayed. The Rams game. Okay, but now here's the question. Is you got to give the Eagles one point? For having a buy, So four and a half becomes five and a half. And now the question is how much better are the Eagles than the Rams? I think at minimum a point. So it may maybe a little more. When, Even now? Or no, are you saying with no, Wentz? No, with Wentz. Okay, okay. So I think the six or seven, okay. if it was a healthy
4: Wentz, feels rock solid. Thoughts, Brad? I completely agree. Uh, six and a half, seven sounds completely favorable. And you look at, you know, the, also a negative impact for Atlanta. Is the fact that this is our fourth road game in five weeks. So to me, that's worth a half a point.
3: I think maybe more because, so let's talk about that. Fourth road game in five weeks coming up. But I think two factors make it even tougher than that. One is Atlanta's played some high stakes, high pressure games. Now, obviously the playoffs last week, high stakes, high pressure, but I'm saying they were pretty much in quasi-must-win situations since, what, the Cowboys game. (laughs) right? You remember that was kind of like the winner of this has a great track to the playoffs, the loser is pretty much out of it. Well, it ended up being that way. That was like, what, seven weeks ago? And not that they've won every game, but every game has mattered. And then if the game before, the fourth game of the five – is a trip all the way out west and then all the way back and then back on the road again. Four out of five, I think, you've got a tired team against, quite frankly, a totally rested team, an Eagles team that made some effort against the Cowboys in Week 17, but not full effort. So this is a team that's had one and a half buys, the Eagles. Big advantage
2: with the rest for the Eagles. So this is a classic R.J. Bell spot. You you look for... Market overreaction with the lines, And you or, believe this is an overreaction, and now the Falcons are too much. Uh, they're overpriced. Or t- two-to-one buffets. I look for two
3: things. <laughs> <Yes>. Overreaction <laughs> in the NFL market and then the two-for-one buffets. But sticking with the <laughs> NFL market, th- I mean, listen, John Kincaid, friend of mine from Atlanta Radio, he asked me the night of the Falcons game, hey, what's the opener here? I thought, pick em. Right, I and for this to get to three as quickly as it has, and let's then kind of close the circle here. If the line would have been seven and the line's three, then Wentz is worth ten points? That is the most valuable player in NFL <laughs> history. Aaron Rodgers right. is the only other player worth ten. But think about this now: Aaron Rodgers' backup is Hunley, the backup for. Wentz is Foles? Foles, even though he's underperformed since he's been playing, is even today considered better than Hundley? Does anyone disagree with that? No, two points yeah. better. At least, yeah, yeah, at least three points maybe. Yeah, I, I think uh, better for sure. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> a point, maybe two, maybe three. Okay, so wait a minute. If you go from Rogers to an inferior Hundley and it's ten, and now you're going from Wentz to a superior Foles and it's ten. That means Wentz is the most valuable player in NFL history, more valuable than Rodgers. Who wants to make that point? Who wants that. to defend that? Well, that's what, By betting the Falcons at minus three, you're saying that Wentz is the most valuable player in NFL history. That should slow you
2: down. Let's get an official play on this game on the way back, and then we'll move to the Titans and the Patriots right here, straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio.
1: I like
0: it! Progressive Insurance, creators of the Name Your Price tool.
2: Choose from a range of coverage options and pick the price that works for you. Visit progressive.com today. Rolling on straight out of Vegas. Steve Cofield, RJ Bell, Brad Powers in the wise guy's chair. We got uh, Pick on the Way. With the Eagles and the Falcons. And of course, we're going to break down the Titans and the Patriots. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. So we're going to get, I think, a leaner or on the Eagles. I think that's where RJ was moving towards. So I listen to a lot of mainstream sports talk radio. I read a lot of mainstream writers. And man, they are gaga over the Atlanta Falcons and willing to lay the minus three. And you just spent a good five minutes saying, hey, this number is an overreaction right now. So what do you make of the mainstream kind of all jumping in one direction saying, hey, Falcons are going to do this. They're going to cover. They're going to win.
3: I think there's a ton to learn from the mainstream because you take a guy that's a former GM or a former player. Quite frankly, they know more about the NFL in the trenches when it comes to the locker rooms than I do, than anyone in Vegas does. But what Vegas does best is we bet numbers. We don't bet teams. There's not a team in any spot. You could tell me the Tennessee Titans with Mariota out, and I've got Castle starting. Give me enough enough points. I'll bet my biggest bet of the year. Give me 35 points. (laughs) I'll make my biggest bet of the year. I'm betting numbers, not teams. And most guys that aren't Vegas, I mean, you listen to someone like Mike Mike Francesa, right? Obviously, he knows sports like crazy, right? Famous New York guy that just retired. I heard his picks recently, and he's like, oh, the line was like three and a half. He's like, I'd lay up to seven. It's like... (laughs) There's never a line at three and a half that you can lay at seven. It just it might win a given game, but in the long run, that, the, uh, that game at seven not going to win. So I think the sense of the Falcons being the team that's hotter right now with momentum is absolutely true. It's just the market has overpriced that. And this is, I think, a great time to talk about a powerful concept. If you bet Atlanta – it's not obvious how you'll lose, right? You don't expect Matt Ryan to have a horrible game. You don't expect Nick Foles to have a great game. So if you lose, you're going to have the crutch to say, man, can you believe Ryan didn't throw, you know, threw three interceptions? Or can you believe Foles looked that good after the bat? Now, if you bet Philadelphia, it's obvious how you could lose, Matt Ryan could have a monster day, and it would not be surprising. Nick Foles could have a horrible day, and it wouldn't be surprising. You are paying a premium to bet the team that doesn't have an obvious way to lose and being willing to accept the fear that comes with the obvious (laughs) ways to lose. And it's not comfortable, right? I'm betting knowing this could be a problem. That's when you're usually getting value.
2: I think that nails it. I, I thought Fezzik, and he'll be back in tomorrow when we do our 10 uh, p. Pacific straight out of Vegas on Saturdays into Sundays. I thought Fezzik throughout the year. I was like, "Wow, that was uncomfortable. Like that doesn't seem like the right way to go. Like you, well, you're going against the grain."
3: Some of that was because he was just playing wrong, and I was contradicting him sometimes.
2: <laughs> but, but he had, but, but, he had <laughs> but you know, he had a good year. Oh, yeah. he had a really good yeah. year, and a lot, of and a lot of times he. When, you know, the, the ebb and flow or the ebb is going one way, he would go against that tide.
3: No doubt. And, and Fez, is, Fez is actually, I'm a pretty basic contrarian player, and, and Fez is, he, he'll play those games, but he eliminates maybe 20% of those that I would play, and then he has 20%, I can't even see it. Right? There's poker players that are rock solid that can make 200 a year playing poker. That's a great living, right? And then there's a Phil Ivy that's going to play exactly like that 200 k profit guy 95% of the time. But 5% of the time, he's going to do something totally different. And Fezzik has that next-level ability in the
2: NFL. So give me a few more positives about Philly. The buy has to mean something. You said it did. But what does the buy mean? And... For Foles, he had extra time off. So if he didn't look great in the last game and a half, he could be fixed, right? Or at least get him to a level where you feel comfortable. Here's another way to think about it. I don't know how good Foles is going to
3: be. If Foles had played the way we expected him to, this line would be pick. I mean, this, this has been a significant adjustment, downgrade of Foles since he's been playing. I am not sure it's enough games to do that as drastically as it's been done. So to me, there's two scenarios. One is Foles is as bad as he seems. The other is he's going to play better here. A combination of, hey, those were just bad games, but there weren't enough of them to show that's truly him. They were just some bad games. Or he's gotten better because he's had two weeks to focus, keep repping, and here we are a little bit better. A or B, same or better? Can't be much worse, let's be honest there. Is if he's the same... I think three's right. If you told me, if God came down and said, Foles is going to play like he did against the Raiders on Christmas Eve, I'd be like, okay. (laughs) At at three, (laughs) it's a coin flip. I'm not interested. But I wouldn't run the other way. I wouldn't bet Atlanta even then. If you tell me Foles is going to play even one level better, then Atlanta or, or Philly here plus three is a great bet. So let's say it's even... 60-40 that he plays the same. Let's be negative about it. So 60% of the time I've got a coin flip. 40% of the time with the Eagles plus three, I've got a really nice bat. So I'm very comfortable with that.
2: So we're hitting quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. we got to talk defenses. And I know the Philly defense is something you believe in.
4: Yeah, last I checked, Carson Wentz, even though this line is saying he's the most valuable player in NFL history, doesn't play defense. And the Philadelphia defense, number one in the entire National Football League against the run, number four total defense, number four scoring defense, and a motivated Philadelphia defense. Reports out there in the media this week, Fletcher Cox knows what this line is. The players know that they're an underdog here, and they're very motivated.
2: So, leaner-like, what are you going with, RJ?
4: Best bet of the week. This is probably
2: really?
3: the only game.
2: What are you doing? Why is the guy don't carry his money in a wallet?
3: Hey, why does this guy carry his money in a roll? Only game I'm taking off the rubber band for this NFL weekend, Eagles plus three. I think it's shop it. You can find it at 110.
2: Do we have the very uncommon, at least on this show, double like Brad Powers? You do have a double like, like Philly plus the the three. All right. Titans, Patriots. I don't know if we're going to have the same thing. This one is crazy with the number. These numbers do not pop up in the playoffs. In fact, since 2000, this is the seventh spot in the playoffs where a games game's uh, 12 points or higher with the point spread. Patriots are laying 13 and a half. The total is 48. Let's start with a big change from the regular season,
3: because for those that listen here on Straight Out of Vegas, those that listen to the Dream Preview, and by the way, go to pregame.com, and you can find the Dream Preview or my Twitter, at RJ in Vegas, and Fezzik and I had a one-on-one Went an hour 45, breaking down four games. (laughs) Good deep dive. And one of the things that we've talked about the entire year is when you get over a field or over a touchdown, it's, for me, dog or pass. Now, the main reason for that, and it's not that in college, right, but NFL. Main reason is this. Even the best NFL teams are not favored by over a touchdown all that often. And if a team needs some less than 100% effort weeks. And we all know teams don't play to max effort every week, right? There's flat spots. Almost always those flat spots are going to be against the team that you think you can beat, even if you eat that extra chicken wing on Tuesday night, or even if you watch some of Narcos on Netflix instead of film Wednesday night, right? You got to do that sometimes if you're an NFL player, maybe not Tom Brady, but most. And if you do... That's the game when you're favored by 10, 11, 12. Thus, when you bet the dog, you're getting a chance that the favorite is not focused. In the playoffs, every favorite is focused. Thus, the main reason to play dogs goes out the window. Doesn't mean I play more favorites than dogs. It means I'm much, much, much more open to play a favorite, even a bigger one. And oh, by the way... 7 straight double digit favorites have covered in the
2: NFL playoffs. That's a good number. And yet I still want to build a case for the Titans. Can we do it? Can we do it? Marcus Mariota hasn't been this healthy the entire season and he closed the season nicely. This is the Marcus Mariota from 2 years ago, RJ. What
3: what games are we talking about? <laughs>
2: He at least could move. The second half, he threw a a great block last week. That means he's healthier than he's ever been with that hammy.
3: You've got to be healthy to catch a touchdown when you throw a touchdown. That
2: too. All right. Here's
3: what I'll say. I'm not a big Mariota guy. One of four quarterbacks to have more interceptions than touchdowns this year, and Kaiser, the dastardly Kaiser from the Browns, he cost me a lot of money, is on that list. Hundley's on that list, and Simeon. Now, think about it. Trevor Simeon, Hundley, Kaiser, and here comes Mr. Franchise? Nah, not true. So, but I do think he's healthier than he's been most of the year. And here's a key concept, and it's a macro concept you can apply to a bunch of NFL playoffs. Running quarterbacks are indefensible. You cannot defend a running quarterback if they're willing to run a bunch. It's just it's not sustainable, meaning tell me the running quarterback that even runs a decent amount during the regular season that doesn't get hurt at some point, right? RG3, we can go through the whole list, is in the playoffs, though, the business decision, it makes more sense to run more. So we've seen Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's played really well this year, but in some of his years leading up to this year, Russell Wilson was a good quarterback who became very good in the playoffs because he would run a lot more. And the fact that Mariota is willing to run more in the playoffs, I think makes him probably from a below average quarterback to r- rise to the level of an average quarterback. And that's not great, but it certainly is an improvement.
2: More breakdown of Saturday's divisional game. I want to know if we have to factor in that Patriots, the reported drama... With the Patriots. But first, Kevin Figures with the latest...
1: Plenty of action on Friday night in the NBA Gentlemen. Also in Milwaukee the Warriors with a 108-94 victory over the Bucks, despite not having Steph Curry who missed his second straight game with a bum ankle. The Warriors getting their 11th straight road victory as Kevin Durant had 26 points, 6 boards and 6 assists. Draymond Green coming up close with a near triple-double 21 points, 10 boards and 7 assists as Milwaukee was held to just 12 points in the fourth quarter. The Pacers erased a 22-point first quarter deficit. They come back and beat the Cavaliers in Indiana 97-95. is Indy's third victory over Cleveland this season. Darren Collison leading the Pacers with 22 points. Lamb Stevenson with 16 points and 11 rebounds. Even baited LeBron James to a technical foul in the fourth quarter. LeBron did have 27 points, 8 boards, and 11 assists in the loss that's three straight losses by the way for the Cavaliers who by the way did not have Isaiah Thomas or Dwayne Wade they both set out the game to rest online car shopping can be confusing not anymore with true price from true car now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car so visit true car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience in Minnesota the T Wolves beat the Knicks 118 to 108 as Minnesota had eight players score in double figures including Carl Anthony Towns who failed just one assist shy of his second career triple double cat with 23 points 15 rebounds and nine assists for Minnesota's fourth straight victory, the Knicks now just 4-15 on the road. The Rockets winning the nightcap in the NBA, 112-95 to over the Phoenix Suns as Chris Paul had 25 points, 8 boards, and 6 assists to lead Houston, who all of their starters scored in double figures. Elsewhere, the Pelicans, 36 points and 9 boards from Anthony Davis. DeMarcus Cousins chipping in 24 points, 19 boards, and 8 assists. As the Pelicans beat the Blazers in New Orleans 119 to 113 and news out of the NFL, the police blotter in the NFL, it's not legal everywhere yet, gentlemen. 49ers rookie linebacker Ruben Foster arrested in Tuscaloosa, Alabama for a misdemeanor marijuana possession. He was released on $2,500 bond. Foster went to the University of Alabama, of course. Second in the line for on the 49ers in tackles with 72 on the season. Of course, controversy surrounding him at the scouting combine over a diluted urine sample which placed him in the Substance abuse program coming into his rookie season. Back to straight out of Vegas.
2: Live where you want, athletes. But I'm telling you, you need to move to a state where the wacky tobacco is legal because this is actually RJ. He just mentioned Ruben Foster on the 49ers. It's actually the second high profile news item with an Alabama athlete popped in their home state. Deontay Wilder, who is arguably the best heavyweight boxer in the world or second best, he actually just got uh, probation. For a weed hit. Get out of Alabama.
1: Get out. Coffee's for closers only.
2: <laughs> get out. <laughs> but
3: Steve, let's 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 uh do our um what's it called? <laughs> let's let's play lawyer for a minute. Is it doesn't matter what state you're in, the leagues have rules
2: against it. No, I understand stuff. that, but he didn't get caught by the league in this yeah, case. I know, it's just you know still. it's getting pulled over with uh you know a couple of leaves or whatever they call, you know, whatever. I'm not into the weed lingo. I don't do that stuff. But I <laughs> well, do listen, but I do support it and I do support taxing it and getting your money. You're obviously so clear-headed. I mean, you've
3: got to be paleo. I mean, you
2: can't paleo. Be, yes. You can't be this sharp if you're putting anything <laughs> unclear in your your mind. I like that you use the term sharp because uh it is Cofield the Square. I'm t- uh, with two sharps, Brad Powers and RJ Bell, which I think plays well into yards per play. You guys the sharps love this yards per play number. But the Patriots yard per play differential between offense and defense ain't that great.
3: You know, Fezzik talks about this all the time. Belichick is the one coach, and the Pats are the one team. We can't figure out mathematically how they do what they do. Pretty much every other team, a combination of statistics will lead to their level of play, not in any given game, but over an extended period. And thus, if The statistics say one thing and the scoreboard says another, and we talked about that with the Falcons. We know that in the Falcons' case, they were going to play better on the scoreboard soon enough, and they did. Or sometimes a team is overperforming on the scoreboard, and the stats don't warrant it, and they usually regress back. The Pats, year after year after year, exceed expectations based upon their stats. They do better on the scoreboard. We don't understand it. So, what we've just done as a group, the wise guys, is say whatever the stats are, they're going to do better. It doesn't change, though. The Pats' stats have fallen back since last year. And yet, yeah, they're still better than their stats. But this is a team that won the Super Bowl last year by a smidge, an right? amazing comeback, but it was a smidge. And you can't get much tighter right? over time. And This team is significantly worse. So the idea they should be such a clear favorite, especially with Minnesota, Saints, Atlanta all playing so well in the West or in the NFC. To me, I think that the Super Bowl odds with the Pats being such big favorites isn't warranted, though obviously the Pats are favored in the AFC to make the game because they've got two home games.
2: So a little knock on them there. Can we find a big knock on them with the reported drama behind the scenes with Brady and Kraft v. Belichick?
3: You know, we were talking about how successful the Pats have been. This is pretty amazing. This is the Pats against the spread win percentage for various time periods. So I'm going to read the time period, then the rank 1 to 32. This season, Pats number 2. Last two seasons, Pats number 1. Last three seasons, Pats number 2. Last five seasons, Pats number 2. Wait, this is
2: straight up or ATS?
3: ATS. Really? Yeah. So this season 2, last two seasons 1, last three seasons 2, last five seasons (laughs) 2. Now. Number two. Now I'm going to read all the following time periods and they're number one in each. So I don't even have to say number one anymore. Last eight years, last 10 years, last 12 years, last 15 years, since Brady's first start, 930, 2001, and since Belichick. In every one of those time periods, the best ATS record. So you don't make money betting, and and for a big chunk of that time, they've been a premium I was going to say,
2: it defies logic. You you have to pay a premium. Well, it's not. A, whatever that premium is, still wrong. what
3: Belichick <laughs> is doing that we can't figure out in the stats, and I mean, we've got a sense of it, right? Is Fezzik talks about oh, if there's a penalty and they get to kick off from the 50, they don't just kick it out of the end zone. They'll boom it up and cough and corner them down to the one, and they gain eight yards that way. There's all kinds of ways they're gaining eight yards that no one else in the league is doing. So Pat's mind is 13 and a half. RJ Bell, lean or like? I'm going to go lean on Tennessee at 14. 13 and a half I'm passing. I think you'll see
4: some 14s lean Tennessee. Brad Powers on the side or the total? I'm going to go. Which is what, 48. 48. I'm going to go under. So here's my thinking here. Tennessee's game plan to have success in this game has to be to run the football. Mariota showing more running ability last week. Derrick Henry had great success. What's the weakness of the Patriots' defense against the run? So I think that's the game plan. Get the clock moving. RJ already mentioned Tom Brady You know, taking a step back towards the end of the season. I expect that as well. And we've seen the under. Cash four of the last five games for New England, five of the last seven for Tennessee under lean.
2: So at 48... Don't is, is that number high enough where you, you look at it and you say, hey, laying 13 and a half 14 is too much? You know, we talk about in college football, low total. 48's not a low enough total, right? No, no. so there might be a little correlation. I mean, if right. you're
3: inclined to like the patch, you probably should be inclined to like the over if you do want to play the total and dog in under. But it's certainly not like a forced play.
2: If Brad's thinking like 40, 42 is going to be the total. Then you're more inclined to like play the Titans. Absolutely. Yeah,
3: the Titans. But but again, guys, here's the cautionary tale. If you bet one game Saturday and one game Sunday, you've played half the NFL games. That's tantamount to playing eight NFL games on a typical weekend. Now, I get it. You could say, oh, yeah, but these two games, there's extra value, and I don't care if it's two out of two. And if you truly believe that, that's fine. But if you're just kind of forcing plays – be careful because the line can't be wrong in every game. And the only time you can make money long term, you can always win a game. I could lay I could have taken Iowa minus 20 against Ohio State, even money, and may, and won the game. Would I have went around strutting saying I was on the right side? No. Right? So you can always have an aberration. But long term, the line has to be wrong for you to make money. Last thing quickly. I think this turmoil is an X factor. A lot of people are dismissing it. Some people are saying, oh, Pats tend to come together. Yeah, that's the point. They've always come together as a team against external forces. Now, the
2: conflict, if we believe the article, is internal. We haven't seen that before. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part? Figuring out which way is easier. So I'm talking to Brad before the show, and he's like, "Yeah, I was just uh, breaking down all the college basketball teams, power rated all 351." Yeah, up at pregame.com right now,
4: you can find my second edition of my power ratings. Obviously known for college football throughout the course of the year, 351 teams in Division One college basketball—they're all power rated.
0: Check out the big brain on Brad.
4: And by the
3: way, you can follow Brad on
4: Twitter at
3: bradpowers Seven. P-O-W-E-R-S seven, Brad Power seven.
2: We got five games that you're calling big games in college basketball on Saturday. Michigan at Michigan State. Michigan State is laying nine and a half. Yeah, I'm
4: actually going to lean with Michigan State here minus the big point spread. And reason being for me goes back to the last meeting, an outlier. Michigan destroys Michigan State last season by 30 points. It's the largest loss for Michigan State since 1996 against their rival Michigan. And this was an experienced team coming back this year. So a lot of those players were in that game. Tom Izzo is the type of coach to have an axe to grind. And here's the value with this year's team. Michigan State's off back-to-back, probably their worst two performances of the season against Ohio State and also against Rutgers. That's why we're not laying 10.5 in this one. Value on the Spartans, minus 9.5.
2: Two top 25 teams meet in the Big 12. Oklahoma at home, laying 6 against TCU. Yeah, here's what I've seen from
4: TCU. A team that had a surprising 12-0 start to the season. The market caught up with them, and they've only covered one of their last four games. Trey Young for Oklahoma. If you haven't heard the name yet, you're just getting into college basketball. The superstar of the year, averaging nearly 30 points per game, 10 assists per game. Usually I see that Oklahoma's overvalued in the marketplace. Not necessarily here. They had the situational advantage back-to-back home games. TCU just was on the road the other night. Value on Oklahoma minus six.
2: That's where my lean is. Three more games on the way in college basketball, including North Carolina and Notre Dame. And yes, we will close out with a look ahead to... Sunday in the National Football League. And actually, the big news of the week as well the hire of John Grun right here, straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio.
1: Straight out of Vegas!
2: Progressive's new Home Quote Explorer makes it easier to protect what you love. Just go online, compare quotes, and choose what's right for you. Progressive.com is your home for all things home insurance. Straight out of Vegas, Steve Cofield, R.J. Bell, Brad Powers in the wise guy's chair. We'll close out with a look at some key points from the NFL games on Sunday, but first the rest of the important part of the slate for college basketball. We move to West Virginia and Texas Tech, another key matchup. God, it's so weird saying Big 12. I still can't get a West Virginia Big 12, but anyway, West Virginia having a great season. Uh, They're getting four and a half at Texas Tech. Chris Beard, Maybe people don't know him, but he is doing a great job.
4: Absolutely, uh, for Texas Tech. But I'm going to lean with West Virginia here. They own the nation's longest winning streak right now, 15 straight wins for them, top 10 defense, and especially this time of year as you get into conference play, where I like to find, as far as advantages, is who's played the tougher schedule. A lot of times you get great disparities in non-conference action. West Virginia has played the much tougher non-conference schedule to date. Slight value on West Virginia plus the four and a half.
2: ACC, Miami's at Clemson, the Tigers, Clemson, lane five.
4: Yeah, and here's another team that began to get overpriced, Clemson. Won 10 straight games, market caught up to them. What's happened here recently? Failed to cover each of their last three games. And the rest advantage, significant for their opponent, Miami, in this game. And this is why I'm leaning with the Hurricanes. They've been off for a week. Clemson just played the other night on the road at NC State. Early start time for this one. I think they're tired. That's why I'm leaning with the Hurricanes plus the five.
2: Final college basketball lean. Maybe on the total side, Notre Dame's beat up. I mean, really beat up. Some of their best players are out. They're taking on North Carolina, and Mike Bray likes to go up and down the floor. Let's score a lot, but he can't do that anymore. He's kind of changing his ways. Absolutely, and he's been known to do this throughout his coaching career at Notre
4: Dame. It's called the burn offense. So, yes, you said that they're without their two best players, Bonzi Colson and Matt Farrell. Well, the odds makers and the entire market is adjusted on the side, but not necessarily on the total. And this is why my best bet's under 147 in this game. Their offense, the last two games without their two best players, averaging 30 points per game less than they were the first 12 games of the season. It's been adjusted on the side, not on the total. Therefore, best bet under 147.
2: Sunday, divisional round action in the National Football League. We'll have 15, 20 minutes plus a breakdown on tomorrow's show. but. Quick hit on the Vikings and the Saints. The Vikes are favored by four and a half, five, and we may want to look at coaching success in the playoffs here.
3: Yeah, and to me, this is paradoxical. What do I mean? I mean, on one hand, Mike Zimmer is one of the best coaches in the NFL. In fact, since he became head coach, if you just said, I like the cut of his jib, anyone that Works for Marvin Lewis for all those years. Must be mighty good. A little sarcasm, right? If you had just blindly bet every Minnesota game since Zimmer became the head coach, 44 winners, 19 losers, two pushes, 70% against the spread. That's the best in the NFL. It's not even close. Okay. Sounds good, right? Here's the other side of it. Sean Payton last won a playoff game last weekend. Mike Zimmer, last won a playoff game 21 years ago. He has coached 20 complete NFL seasons since as an assistant, as a head coach, made the playoffs 10 of those 20 years. 0 in 10 straight up in those playoff games. So we can say, oh, that's an aberration, maybe, but we know the playoffs... A different animal. And it's one thing to have total inexperience. Is it better or worse to have a bunch of losing experience? So, on one hand, Zimmer's great. On the other hand, we've got he's playing a Super Bowl coach, winning coach, and he's never won a playoff game.
2: And I fought this whole hey, the coach, even as an assistant, these are his numbers. I fought that on Tom Herman, right? In college football with Texas. I'm not saying it turned out to be right, but Tom Herman had this amazing history going back as an assistant and now as a head coach that he does well as a dog.
3: But here's my clarification. It's not that he's bad at it because as an assistant, you don't control a lot of the things. It's that he has the absence of winning experience. It's almost like someone that's never been in the playoffs. It would be equally bad to never have been there versus never have won, meaning he doesn't know what to do to win.
2: Steelers laying seven against the Jags. This week leading up, is this good with a team that Le'Veon Bell's talking about his money? Are Haley and Big Ben talking to each other? They have drama.
3: Oh, yeah, it's great. It's great.
2: <laughs> Steelers <it's>, fan? <laughs> it's great.
3: It's great for the OC and the quarterback not to talk. right? They save it. You know how in radio they talk about save it for the air? Sure. Yeah, they're saving it for the game. You know maybe. what? It
2: worked on the goal line against the Patriots on the fake spike play. They all knew what was going on there. A lot of cohesion. And yeah
3: I think it makes a ton of sense that your key running backs talking about holding out next year before the season's even over. I don't know if my sarcasm's coming through or not. Not at all. I thought you were serious, but tomorrow I'll tell you what I really think. 10 o'clock Pacific (laughs) to midnight. Check
2: out the dream preview. Yeah. This, this was almost two hours of analysis. Jonas Knox is on the way. And like RJ said, we're back tomorrow, 10 o'clock Pacific right here. Straight out of Vegas
0: on Fox Sports Radio
1: Straight out of Vegas!
0: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select campus events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears.
3: The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every
1: corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust.